welcome to the Knox Soccer Podcast, where we tell the soccer stories of our favorite big town, little city, Knoxville, Tennessee. I'm Patrick Teasdale. Round two, playoffs done and dusted. Your one Knoxville, lads and cream, bested West Virginia United 2-0 at West High School. What a night, what a weekend. On this episode, Brian gives a reflective and relieved dispatch, followed by the Scotsman, Coach Mark McKeever, the Swede, Lucas Sunison, and the Dutchman, Diego Koenigs. Let's get to it. So here we are, Patty. Another dispatch after a wonderful night of soccer at West High School here in beautiful and jubilant Knoxville, Tennessee. Why are we so delighted? It is because one Knoxville has defeated West Virginia United to earn a spot in the Southern Conference Championship. That is right. One Knoxville in its first season. South Central Champions, the first taste of gold. Now they have a chance to go up for a second title against the North Carolina Fusion the Fusion in the other conference semifinal defeated Asheville City 2-1 to one with a late goal in the 82nd minute. As you know, the Fusion made it through on penalty kicks just to have a chance to fight for gold this season. The Fusion were the national semifinalists last year. They fell 1-0 to Mark McKeever's Des Moines menace. Mark is now here in Knoxville. Des Moines continues to succeed in the Central Conference. They have also qualified for their conference championship, beating King's Hammer handily this evening at home. It has been announced at the time that I am recording this evening at 10.20 p.m. that one Knoxville, by winning tonight, will host the Southern Conference Championship and national semifinal next weekend. That is right. We will see at least two more nights of soccer here in Knoxville, Tennessee. That host site will be Austin East High School. It is welcome news, of course, after playing two games in front of the home fans, breaking the attendance record on Friday for that quarterfinal against Texas United. There were 2,300 fans in attendance for that one. We do not have the figures for tonight, but the crowd was raucous. There were fans in both sections of seats. So that was the section that you could see on the broadcast. And also in front of us in the booth, there were fans around the track. It was really a wonderful night. It was bouncing. The mood was much lighter, perhaps because the pressure was slightly off. When you host a weekend of football, you never want to lose the first match because suddenly you have outsiders playing on your home turf while you are at home. One Knoxville, they got the gritty win for two. We covered that in the podcast already. And tonight we saw a lot of rotation for Mark McKeever's side, a staple of his teams. Farid Sarsar came in for Alberto Suarez in the right center back position. Danny Fernandez came in for Buster Schoberg. He played in left center back with Finn McRobb, moved to the middle. We saw Steven Afrifa start in place of Benny Montero. Lucas Sunison, the Swede, 
who came in injured at the start of the season, was one of the top forwards in Division I college soccer, was a Mac Herman semifinalist for Marquette. That is the Heisman Trophy of college soccer. He came in injured, had uh, surgery on both sides of his groin in December when Mark McKeever gave him the call to join up. And he joined a side with a lot of competition in it. He was suddenly fighting with Steven Afrifa, Sebastian Andresen for a starting spot in the side. But what he told me after, what you'll hear from him, is that it was never really a fight. The players here, they all complement each other. There's a purpose to the depth. They are happy to see each other succeed. That is the chemistry within the side, within the squad that has remained throughout the two and a half months of football that we've seen so far. And we saw Sunison getting the glorious moment early on in the sixth minute with a goal assisted by Finn McGraw on some kind of bicycle kick. It must be a common thing for him in Scotland. I don't know if that's the way they do it in Glasgow. Bicycle kick assists, but he left it for Sunison on a set piece at the far post. And the Swede swept it in like he had a broom in his hands. That goal set the tone for one Knoxville, which again, dominated possession. Did a good job pressing high up the field. Really limited West Virginia to few attacking opportunities, largely through their large English center forward, Martin Smith. One Knoxville did not see a shot against the entire evening. That means that Peter Swinkles, Swinkle Toes, did not have to make a save, and he got a clean sheet here at home. We've mostly seen Ryan Troutman because of the rotation playing here in Knoxville, but instead we saw him, Peter Swinkles, Congratulations. It was a fun night. The soccer was smooth. It was clean. There was a lot of connection happening on the field. Sam Fletcher continues to own the center midfield. He's been clutch this season as Amferni, Arias, Sinclair, and Seth Antwi have both struggled with injuries. He's come in. He's partnered Yannick Kranz. Kranz always looking for an opportunity to shoot from distance. He had a couple of shots tonight. We saw... Steven Afrifa in the 48th minute forced a great save for Max Collingswood, the West Virginia keeper who was outstanding on the night. He had made 10 saves on Friday against Nona FC, the top seed in the South, just to get his side an opportunity to play in the semifinal. Collingswood has come in big all season for West Virginia. The only reason they were even in the playoffs this weekend was because of a 2-1 come-from-behind win against the Fusion in the final match of their regular season. Then they got the 2-1 win against Nona. They came here to Knoxville, and despite the energy that comes with that kind of underdog success, one Knoxville really stifled them throughout. There was a noted disappointment for one Knoxville in the second half as James E. Thomas, the captain, went down injured in the 52nd minute. It looked worse on TV than it wound up being. I did see the captain after the match, and it seems like he had a very serious dead-like situation going on, but he did 
recover. It is very likely that we'll see him again. Him and McGraw and Mensa, Moses Mensa on the left-hand side, the Ghanaian, who refused to talk to me for an interview. He says he does his talking on the field with the ball. Uh, they have had some of the biggest minutes for one Knoxville this season. So expect to see them again in that conference championship on Friday night here in Knoxville. In the 63rd minute, Diego Connings, the Dutchman who came on for Thomas, one of the most versatile players in the side, plays center back at Campbell University, where he is a teammate of Mensa's, played forward for Netherlands in the under-19 sides that he was with at home before coming to the U.S. for college. Diego's played holding midfield, right wing back, left wing back, and center back for Knoxville. He came in for Thomas, hit a beautiful 30-yard cross. Steven Afrifa was on the end of it, and the man is clinical when he gets an opportunity inside the 18. He caught it on the volley, put it away, ran off to celebrate, and the Black Mamba continues to be one of the most lethal strikers in all of USL2. That was his 10th goal of the season. When Knoxville had some more opportunities in the second half as they brought on Sebastian Andreasen and Simon Afrifa, one of the most exciting elements of this team, if you're a fan, is the fact that when Knoxville, when it goes up, rather than putting in defensive players to hold on to that lead, they will put in attacking players to take advantage of the open spaces as their opponent looked to drive up and get back into the game. It was a really exciting and opened last 30 minutes, but we did not see goals on either side, even though Sebastian Andreasen did hit the post on a header that looked like the ball may have crossed the line. It was cleared out. There was no call from the referees on that one. In the end, Mark McKeever even saw a smile on his face. Looked like he was satisfied with their performance from his side. And you'll hear from him in a little bit talk about how he feels they responded and how they'll prepare this week as they have a couple of days of rest before they grow into that really critical match uh, against an opponent that has been feared throughout the season, has been ranked number one consistently uh, before coming into the playoff period. One Knoxville will also play host to the national semifinal. So the Southern Conference champion will play the Eastern Conference champion. Both of those games will take place here in Knoxville. What we know from the East right now, Vermont Green is still playing against Long Island Rough Riders. I believe the Rough Riders are currently up the Western Massachusetts Pioneers went down to Seacoast United. So Seacoast United and one of Vermont Green or Long Island Rough Riders will play the Eastern Conference Championship here in Knoxville. Knoxville will play the Southern Conference Championship against North Carolina Fusion. Then the winners of those games will face each other in the national semifinals. So one Knoxville is among the last eight teams remaining in all of USL League 2, a league that started with 114 teams. They will have the opportunity to make it to the final four on the other side of the bracket, as I've already mentioned, you have the Des Moines Menace. You have Ballard FC out of Seattle, who picked up a 3-2 win against the San Francisco Glens. So there's going to be some really exciting football next weekend. I don't know, surprisingly, I admit, that I have anything else to really add here. I want to get you to the interviews. It was a more pleasant night. The heat wasn't as intense. The humidity was much lower. Uh, you saw a lot more smiling faces on the field. And I think that the opportunity to play here at home really was clutch 
for Knoxville as this city and this club continue to forge their identity together and move forward into the future. A soccer town? Yes, I say this is. This definitely is one. Before we dive into the match and hear from Coach Sunison and Koenigs, let's take a short break. Markman's is a proud sponsor of the Knox Soccer Podcast and One Knoxville SC, located at 6932 Kingston Pike. Markman's has been Knoxville's choice for diamonds and fine jewelry since 1976. Visit MarkmansDiamonds.com. Our shout out for this episode goes to the whole fan base, especially those watching and cheering from afar. Like the gaffer said, this win was for y'all. Let's go, One Knox. I've got the gaffer, Mark McKeever, here after a 2 0 victory against West Virginia United. Mark, I know you said you had to claw for the victory on Friday night. Today, there was no extra time, 2 0. Got the clean sheet. How do you feel about the team's response after such a tough game on Friday? Yeah, but we're always aiming for excellence and that perfect performance. We could have scored an extra two or three goals tonight. Ball retention, probably we've got. 70% of possession, maybe, maybe even more. Um, shots and goal, I don't know the stats. Probably 15 or 16, maybe. Shots against, on target, zero. Those are special stats. And this, this stage of the tournament, unbelievable. Some great footballers. The people that come in with fresh legs were incredible tonight. Absolutely incredible. You see, it takes a village to raise a child. Well, it takes a city to raise this baby. And we're raising it, we're raising it. So you mentioned the rotation. That's been a key part of this team all season. You had five changes. Peter Swinkle's coming in and getting his first clean sheet here at home. Fritz Arsar and Danny Fernandez along the back line. Steven Afrifa in attacking midfield role. Lucas Sunison getting his second goal of the season first in the playoffs. How important is it to have that level of talent available every time you go into a match? Well, Lucas is playing with his college. He got injured. Um, he had surgery and he came back through the spring and he came in. And he wasn't quite fit, he came in a little bit later and he's just turned into an absolute monster. We put our faith in him tonight. Danny the Bull, Farid, Lucas, they were the fresh legs out there tonight. Obviously, Swinkies was fresh as well. There was five players that had to be special tonight and they all were. And then we had Wee Jamesy putting in a shift, uh, Big Finn, Moses, 120 minutes the other night. And Big Finn's just played 90 and Moses just played 90 again. Good grief. That is exceptional human beings. Those are the types of players that win you championships. So, you know, we're just grateful to have them here. We're grateful to, to be working for each other, representing everybody here. First time we talked over six months ago when I asked you if this team was going to have the, the medal to potentially make a championship run, you said, why not? You go up against North Carolina Fusion next Friday for the Southern Conference Championship. How do you feel going into this week? You have... Five days, could be here, could be in another place, playing a very dangerous side uh, for the next trophy after winning the South Central. Yeah, um, I know that's a long question and I, I don't have an answer for you. Um, maybe if you ask me in two days, I'm just buzzing for these lads right now. I'll refresh my brain tomorrow, take the foot off the gas, we'll all rest and relax, and then we'll do our homework in North Carolina. They're a great team, you know. They're, they've been beat once this year by that team right there, and... And I think it was the stats were pretty much the same. So it's football. They are, they are there because they're meant to be there, quite simply. We're here because we're meant to be here. It's going to be two, two cracking teams playing a cracking game of football. Really, really excited. It's a final of the conference as well. So 
I don't have to motivate the guys. Just let them go and play and do their stuff and hopefully our 11 is better than their 11. Or our 18 is better than their 18 is, is what I should say. You've said the identity of this club is its fans, is the city. We saw 2,300, a record at home, come out for the Friday quarterfinal. We saw tons of people here. The Scruffs came out. They had their flags. They were cheering them on. How special was it to have hosting privileges and how important was it to have the fans here cheering you and your team on? Well, the hosting is, a, is just credit to the to the lads that put the bid in. Um, some special people working behind the scenes, uh, creating the magic for us. They create the magic for us and then it's our, our turn to show up in the field. We talk tonight not just about the fans, not just about the ownership group, but the people that are driving two and a half hours to come and see their loved ones and families and friends. And, and not just here in Knoxville, not just the ownership group, but we have got friends and family and loved ones all over the world. They're staying up to two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning. This one's for everybody. I'm with the goal scorer here, Lucas Sunison, getting his second goal of the season. First start here in the playoffs. First start in a little bit. Lucas, what did it feel like coming and getting such a critical goal in a really important match in front of the home crowd? Felt amazing. It's, it's just an unbelievable feeling, honestly. I had talked to some guys on the team before that I was going to do a special celebration, but you know, in the moment you get so excited, forgot all about it, just ran to the nearest camera, celebrated my teammates. It was, it was an amazing feeling. So we've seen other strikers get a lot of the love this season. Your fellow Scandinavian, Sebastian Andreessen, Steven Afrifa, you offer something different. What's your mindset when you go into a game? How do you prepare and what do you try to do when you're on the field? You know, the competition on this team is absolutely insane. Like, we have so many high-level players, so... Having two other strikers has been in form the entire season. Steven scoring so many goals, Seba doing the same, and they're both hardworking players. It's All you can do is just bring your best, you know, and work your ass off. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but yeah, so that's my mindset. I just, every chance I get, I try to run as much as possible, but stay smart and humble, obviously. And when I get my chance, I try to do the best of it. We know you offer some different skills on the ball. Little research showed that you were a Mac Herman semifinalist, the first ever that Marquette had. Uh, I know that you've played at FC Tabi, second division side in Sweden. You've got yellow uh, garments on underneath your shorts. Um, how important is that Swedish identity for you? And what are your ambitions once this thing is over? I'm very proud to come from Sweden. Uh, I'm extremely proud of my family back home in Sweden. So every chance I get to represent Sweden, I, I'll, I'll, I'll take it, you know? Uh, and my ambitions after this, it's, I'm open for anything. Any door that opens up for me, I'll. I'll check the, my, my odds out and we'll see. I obviously want to keep playing soccer for as long as I can and high level as possible, obviously. So yeah, we'll see, we'll see. I've got Diego Connix, the Dutchman. We've not heard from him yet this season. Diego, you got the assist tonight. Mark McKeever has called you perhaps the most versatile player on the squad. We've seen you in at center back at right wing back, at left wing back, at holding midfield. What were you charged with doing when you got onto the field tonight and how did it lead to that beautiful cross? Well, uh, our captain, James, he got injured and Mark just looked at me and was like, this is your moment. So I felt like I had to step in. Obviously, James, he's a big component of our game, of our team. So I uh, tried to do my best and I hope with my assist, I did my part. So I was told that you're actually a number nine though. That's one of the positions that we have not seen you in. Mark McKeever's recruited from all around the country. You play your soccer with Moses Mensah over at Campbell. Can you describe to me how you are as a player and how you fit into the chemistry of this team? Yeah, well, when I was, till I was under 19 back home in the Netherlands, I played uh, as a striker. 
And then when I came here, I slowly started backing up in the lineup and I ended up as center back at my college. And yeah, Mark, he wants a lot from me in different positions. And as long as I can contribute to the final goal, I'm happy to do whatever it takes. A lot of competition in this side. We don't often see a center back on the bench. It's like Mark switches out three and three. What does it feel like for you to offer all those different options on the field? And how special has it just been for you to be a part of this team that's now going on and competing for a championship? Uh, it's special. It's definitely very, very special. Uh, the fans, it's probably the biggest crowd I've ever played for in my life. And with my parents being here, it couldn't wish for anything else, man. It's just, uh, it's, it's a dream. It's living the dream and it's great to be part of this team. Yeah. So I actually stood with your parents, with your sister at the East Atlanta match, which was a disappointing loss. You hit the crossbar on a free kick. And I can't tell you, nobody was more disappointed in that moment than your dad was. A lot of you players have come from Europe, from Africa, from the Americas, and you have family that's tuning in from all over the world late into the night. What's it like for you having all that international support as well as that local support? Oh, it's very special. I mean, for me, it's, I'm in a privilege that my parents could come out here. Due to COVID, they haven't been out there for a while. So to see me play after two years, yeah, it's just very, very special for me. So uh, we know you are from the Netherlands. Netherlands went down in the 2010 World Cup final, one of the greatest teams we've seen. We've talked about Finn McRobb apparently has a DVD set of Henrik Larsson that he watched on and on and on as a kid, he, even though he plays center back. Lucas Sunison was talking about potentially doing the Henrik Larsson goal celebration and he completely forgot after he scored. Are there any Dutchmen that you've modeled your game on or any heroes that, that you look up to? Well, obviously when I was younger, the big hero was Arjen Robbe with his left foot going in. I don't have that in my locker, but as of right now, it's probably Virgil van Dijk being a center back, top class center back around the world. Uh, look up to him, man. He's, he's a great player. You heard it from Knoxville's very own Virgil van Dijk. Thank you, Diego. That does it for us for round two of playoffs. Here we come round three. Knoxville is hosting at Austin East High School this coming weekend. The score of the Vermont Green and Long Island Rough Riders is final. Rough Riders advance on a 2-1 scoreline. They will play Seacoast United Phantoms, and one Knoxville will play North Carolina Fusion. You won't want to miss these incredible games of footy. Follow along at Knox Soccer Podcast and on Twitter and Instagram. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts. And as we go farther into the playoffs, share this pod with a friend. We'll have a playoff review out this week, as well as full coverage of the next round of playoffs. Let's go!